This is Pastor Tanya Rulup, actually known as Pastor Tan. I will honestly tell you, I thank God that he has blessed us to be able to go through one more week. It has been an awesome and interesting week. But I would like for you to know that, you know, the weather is changing. We are entering into and have already a new month, September. So I wanted to let you know that. To me, God is still good. God is still awesome. He is prevalent. He is alert and alive. He is the great I am. El Shaddai. Elohim. El Rapha. He is still on the throne. Amen. And I wanted to let you know that a lot of things are going to be a little bit different from here on out. I do have some things that are also going to be available in my YouTube account. It is written by Latanya Uyola. Please go there for my Bible studies and also my lasting conversations that I have with my friends, with my colleagues that they teach me a little bit more about who God is and also how the church environment has changed. So it becomes a whole lot more tangible when you hear it from a pastor or apostle or a prophet or anyone that's in the church. And I understand that there are so many different dynamics that's coming up that the church is letting into the into the congregation, into their ministries. And now more than ever, God is speaking. So we need to listen. And I was looking at yesterday and it was not something that I would put on um, per se. But I looked at it as a spoof and it was supposed to be something that was supposed to be a jokative kind of a thing. But in reality, it was talking about how the churches have become so tainted to the point that the pastor and the first lady were causing their congregation to go elsewhere because they were not stable within themselves. They had sin and they were paying off the people to keep quiet. But at the same time, they weren't looking inward to fix themselves. They were looking outward to everyone else that caused the problem. And instead of them sitting there and saying, I should be the one that I should be sitting down and asking God for forgiveness. I should be the one to sit here and honestly have a, a self-examination of each other, of ourselves, and, you know, have somebody that you can honestly be holding you accountable. It's hard. It's tough to be able to kind of analyze yourself. And at the same time, take what you have, what, what God has given you through that person, but also at the same time, make sure you understand good criticism and is a good thing. But know and understand discernment. Know when it's coming from God 
and when it's coming from the enemy. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. The enemy will use anyone that they can to stifle you, to upset you, to uproot you, to make you go a different way or a different path because of what someone said. So please make sure that the advice that you're getting from someone is sound and of God and also that it pertains to you. And a lot of different ways we have to be able to also listen and also at the same be mindful of what you're listening to, what you're intaking on a daily basis. And I had to understand this that sometimes as a as a believer, as a God-fearing person, some people don't like when you speak. Now, I'm gonna just be honest with you. A whole lot of people don't like when I speak. But at the same time, you have to understand, I am a prophet, prophet first, pastor second. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I am a prophet first and a pastor second. Pastor, what does that mean? I am called to do what God says do. I am ordained to say it the way that God wants me to say it. I cannot sugarcoat it. I cannot fat it. I cannot sit here and lie about it. I cannot sit here and tell the person and try to smooth it over. That is not acceptable. Not when it's God and it's God talking and speaking through me. Let me say that one more time. God is speaking through me. So I cannot sugarcoat it. I cannot sit here and give you haphazard things knowing that my life, and the life of other people are going to be tremendously changed. And in that, I won't be able to tell you the truth. And then I have to stand before God and God is going to have to judge me for every word that proceeded out of my mouth. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, sometimes when you don't understand uh, a position in, in the church, but yet and still some people are called to that position, please do your homework. Please analyze that position. And if you don't understand the position, please go and seek wisdom from God. I'm not saying from man. Man can teach you to go to school and it's it's good. It, it profits you of what to know about the Bible. But also at the same time, talk to God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I don't know who this is for because this is not even in my notes. I just want to let you know. God is speaking. When are we going to listen? And then at the same exact time as a prophet, I cannot back down. I cannot sit here and tread on just every little thing and every person's, you know, feelings and emotions. I have to say it the way that God told me to say it in order for the person to not have to deal with dire consequences in order for me to not be held accountable for the actions of that person. If I know that person is going to die, I will try my best to prevent whatever is going on to stop, to halt, to cease. But we as, we as Christians or uh, people that are of God, you want to be able to sugarcoat it or, you know, you have to be so nice and so cutesy. No, it's not cutesy. It's not sound doctrine. If I'm being so blunt about everything of you sitting here and saying, 
well, pastor, you're just being cutesy. No, I have to do it the way that God has spoken it to me and the way that he needs for me to have it to come out. Now, some people may say that's arrogance. No, it's not. That's God's word. And I can't change a thing. And God speaking, that's his voice. And for my passion, this is always going to be my passion. I love what I do because I've seen so many times where so many people have been able to be, including myself, changed because of reading this word, because I'm letting it live in me and because I'm letting it go into all aspects into my life. Boasting? No. Confident? Yes. Because I know who lives in me, who dwells in me. And who is the center of my joy and my peace? There is so much significance in who God is. You have yet to dive down deep into who God is. The deep calling the deep on today. So, as I stated, please understand that God is going to give me the word. No matter how you feel about it, that's God's word. It doesn't change. And I'm not going to change because guess what? I don't want to be down here. Do you understand? These churches are becoming so tainted with the cares of the world. And you want to keep up with what Sally Sue and, you know, Jones on the corner is doing. Instead of you sitting there and seeking God and seeking his ways and knowing who God is, you're always in competition you always trying to seek fame and fortune. When is it not in fashion or in style just to be humble, just to be humility, just to have that kind of aspect that, God, I thank you so much that you have given me everything that I need, but let me remain who you are. Let me remain in you. No matter what's going on in the world, let me be able to go to my church and remain the way that I should be in order for me to be the light in my church. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I need to remain the way that you have called me to be. And when I change, don't you know someone else is looking at me? They're asking me to be the example that you have called for me to be. Now, certain people now, now it's about greed. It's about all these different things. And you, you understand that so many people are caught up in their own delusions, in their own grandeur, in their own way of how you can be able to go to Shiloh. Oh, let me say it like I mean it. God is telling you, come from out from among them and be ye separated. That's the church also in the body of Christ. And you are the church. The building you go into, that is not the church. The church is you. The fellowship between men and women of God, that's you. You're the church. Now, act like it. Do what thus says the Lord. And also at the same time, when God starts revealing things to you, you start sitting there and going towards God and asking God, through people, is that really you, God? Is that me? God, analyze me. Show me what I need to know for myself and for my for my health and my future of my children and my family as well as my well-being. So I can see you. 
so I can know you. And certain things can be able to be said to you that is not for you. And then you have to honestly sit there and say, Lord, you know, that's not me. And then God will sit there and reply to you. Or sometimes he will simply say, do not take that in. Do not digest that word you just saw or heard from. Cast it out. I know you. I've known you from the very beginning. Amen. So I just wanted to kind of go into that and let you know that your words and that the way that people talk about you and ridicule you because you've been king and you stayed holy or you've been appointed of God and you stayed anointed and you've stayed the course and you made your mistakes, but yet and still, you still got up. See, people make mistakes all the time, but they don't want to sit there and go to God and confess them and, and cry out and say, Lord, please forgive me. They just get up and go. They don't think of any repercussions. They don't think of if I go and I preach in this church or if I go and I live this way, that it doesn't, if it's contrary to the word of God, that you're going to have other people to stumble, that you're going to have other people affected, that you're going to have other people that you witnessed to and you've seen become their light is dim or gone out because of how you lived. And God gives you so many chances. God gives you so many chances to get it right. So on today, let me let you hear me. Let God let you, God, be the one that you hear from me. Not from Miss Latanya, but from or Pastor Uyola. But just God. And that's my prayer. That as big as my ministry can go, I still want to stay in God. Do you understand what I'm saying is that I don't care how many times that I receive riches and glory and prestige and everything else. Don't you know that the biggest sacrificial thing besides my husband and my children, the best thing that I can get is when God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I have to honestly have so many people around me and that when they speak towards me, that is of a sound mind, I listen. But then when God sits there and gives me discernment and says, do not intake those things, then God said, no, I don't need those things in your life. I don't need anybody speaking over you when I've already spoken over you. Did you, did you really understand what I just said? When people speak over you, that is death. Well, I want you to sit there and say, okay, God, you've given me life. Now let me go ahead and live it. Let me be the best part of you no matter what. And sometimes you're going to have to change some things in order for God to come in and be able to be the main source in your life. Some people are going to be young Christians and they're going to have the milk and they're going to still want to cuss and drink and all this other stuff. But when they start becoming solid on me, they're not going to want to do that anymore. It's, it's a slow process for some people. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's not. But be patient with people. Don't sit there and place your type of journey on them and them on you. You have to understand everybody's journey is different. But you need to make sure that 
your clothing is pure while you're talking to someone else. That your mantle or your hope and glory or your or your weapons of your warfare is not tainted or or having holes in them or having misplacement or shards or having bumps and bruises and not being repaired after a battle. Because you can let the enemy in with all those bumps and bruises. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And this is not even in my notes. You can taint hurt, harm, and bother people in their journey if you're not listening to what God is telling you. You get easily offended. This is not for you. If you think your feelings are not going to be hurt, this is not something that you really, really want to sit there and discuss. You need to talk to God. My feelings have been hurt so many times. And at the same exact time, even when I close my mouth and my absence of my whole entire presence is left from that person. Don't you know, God tells me so many times that your presence brings peace and love to those people. But once they have been able to sit there and try to take who God is in your life, God removes them from me. Not me from them, but God does. And he separates them only to place them where they can see you and not be able to harm you nor hurt you nor affect your whole entire future nor being. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God was telling me that I'm going to place them in the balcony so they can see the mighty works in your life. They're not going to be able to obtain uphold what you think is going to be for them but that's the thing so many people and this is what God was telling me is selfish about what they're supposed to be doing in their ministry and the word selfish came to mind when I was looking at Haggai and when God gave it to me it was Haggai and I had to go back and it was one and nine, but I went and, you know, I went to the third verse because I needed to get the background. And Haggai was called to rebuild the temple. And I'll go up to the second verse. Thus speaking, the, and I'm in the King James Version. Thus speak of the Lord of hosts saying, this people say the time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Third verse. Then came the word of the Lord woo, by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your cleaned houses? And this house lie waste. Ooh, come on. Fifth verse. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Sixth verse. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, ye, but ye have not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages put, excuse me, to put it into a bag with holes. Seventh verse, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, Ooh, Lord. Verse eight, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. 
and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Verse 9. Ye look for, for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is wasted, and ye run every man into his own house. Now, I'm going to say this. When people sit here and desecrate God's home, God's dwelling in foundation, when you are in the church and you're supposed to be able to have praises and Shabbat and praise God in prayer and also in dance and, and just giving God the praise and the honor and the glory for all he has done and the Holy Spirit comes in. And then when, if God would like, if that pleases him, he will come by and visit you. Don't you know? He dwells in the praises of his people. So what I'm telling you is that how selfish can we be in the house of God? How selfish are you to be sitting here and taking your money and not giving any to God? Or if God sits there and says, you know what? I know this person is not doing so well. Can you go here and meet this person and wait? And, and we be as obedient as God wants us to be? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. See, I've learned that God's temple and his house is holy. And at the same time, we're his temple. So I have to be able to abstain and be holy. And also at the same time, I understand they were talking about the structure and the and the and the structure and the bones of the of the church. But that's what most of us are. We are the structure and the bone of the church, not just the building, but the foundation. And it says that Peter, he said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's in the word. But we as humans, we want to do whatever we want to do and not what God wants us for us to do. Now, the book of Haggai is considered a minor prophet in the Bible. The word of from God, excuse me, the word from God is never minor. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. The word of God is never minor. Please remember that. I don't care if it is Haggai, if it is Ezekiel, if it is Jeremiah, if it is from Genesis to Revelation. There is nothing minor in God. These are all lessons that we need to know and learn and has been vividly already written for us. That accounts for what people had to go through. And also what we need to learn from them, whether it is good or whether it is bad. But God speaks volume so many times in the word of God. And selfishness was a topic that most Christians do not address in the body of Christ. Do you understand? I, I've seen so many pastors lately. Well, you haven't bought me this or you haven't done this or done that. You know what? I understand that we as members of 
Christ or body of Christ. We don't, we're not obligated to give the pastor anything, but to give them honor. Now, I'm being honest and totally transparent. If God blesses you to bless a ministry or a pastor, that's awesome, even if it's financial. But at the same exact time, have discernment. Have discernment. Discernment means that you have the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, asking God what to do, what is right and what is wrong. Yes, we're supposed to honor them. But when we take it so far as to, instead of presenting them as a person of honor, but yet and still you replace that as they're your God, then you have some problems. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You have problems when you have your pastors or your elders or your bishops higher than what God is expecting of them because they are mere mortals. They are men. They are made for mankind and we are sinful and flawed. The only one that is flawless is Jesus. And also the other one that is flawless is God. So let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do not put people as God when they are not God. So when you sit there, yes, you can honor them. You can give them love offerings. There's nothing wrong with that. But have your honest content with that if you are understanding what God is telling you. You need to learn and understand that when God says something, that's what God says. And he's the final say so. It's not man. You need to not put anyone upon a pedestal that you sit here. Oh, yes, I reverence you. I honor you, but you're not my God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. That's why I emphasize so many times in my Bible studies, even on here. Please read your word. Open up your Bible with me. Please go through the scriptures with me so that you can see for yourself that you can study the Bible. And it says to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm here to help you, but also you need to get into the word for yourself. There is such a thing as deception and so much betrayal and so much things going on in the church. Selfishness is bound to be in it. And it's a sad situation to say that, but yes, it is. Yes, it is. The Bible expresses how selfish is not healthy for the mindset of the body to encourage growth, to trust among the brethren. When God tells you to do something, and, and God was impressing this on me also. Why is it that we're so slow to move when God has already spoken? Oh, y'all don't hear me though. This is part of being selfish. Well, God, I I heard you, but I don't know, you know, I, 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 ooh. I, I, okay, no offense, you gonna pause on God? When God already told you what you should be doing? Now, I'm going to say like this for me. I ain't going to lie. I was guilty of that too. See, I was supposed to be a pastor way in the 2000s. And I paused because I saw what was around me and who influenced me and who said who and what to me. 
Now I have to be able to sit there and say, you know, I've already asked God for repentance. And then he had to come back and say, you know what? Since you cannot accept being a being a pastor, I'm going to make you a prophet. And then I'm going to make you a pastor. God, God is savage. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I say that because you don't understand. He is so just. But also God, he wants it. He needs it. We need him. We need him. Not the other way around. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. There is no room for you to be selfish in God. Do what he says do the first time. Then you won't have to repeat any of the tests after you've gotten an L. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God always, you're in a constant testing, sometimes season. And God wants to know that, he's re, that he can rely on you. That you are anointed and appointed and you are studying his word and you are grasping everything God wants to know. So why is it that we want to become so selfish when it's God is speaking and we want to be light on our feet and heavy on doing God's purposes? Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When you have a friend, I mean that friend and I miss her. Every time she calls, every time she needed something, don't you know I would move heaven and earth when she called? And when she had to go be with the Lord, it hurt so much. Because that was the part of me that I could not get back. So when you see somebody that you love that much to have to go be with God, why is it we are slow on being able to do what thus says the Lord, but we're heavy. We put our feet down. But when it's something else like your mom or any or family members or anything else, you ready to go. You ready to fight. If somebody say, hey, you know, you know, sis, somebody did this to me. They did what? Oh, it's time to roll. But when it's God. You want to backpedal and you want to be slow. You want to be selfish. That's not what God wants us to be. And that's including me too. I could be selfish. I could be selfish wanting my own time, my own way, my own. But God says, no, I've called you for my purpose. Mine, that's his, not mine. His purpose. Not my own. Because if it was me, oh my goodness. Let's be real for a few minutes, shall we? If it was me, I would still be out there doing whatever I was doing. And I wouldn't even blink. I wouldn't even think about what God was giving me to do. That's selfish. But most importantly, this type of thinking or ideology has been able to creep up into the ministry. And into where we say that we say that is the church. And we don't want to sit here and we don't want to address it. We want to sweep it underneath the rug. But it has become so much profound. It says as a selfishness is defined as a concern for one's own welfare or an advantage at the expense of or in disregard of others. One can be 
egotistical, narcissistic in psychology, or self-absorbed. Oh my goodness. Do you not understand that egotistical or egocentric is all about me, not about you? It's all about what I want, what I need, what I have. And these people are less emotional, less tended to be able to show compassion, understanding, mercy. There are some of them that become serial killers to also psychopaths. So this is critical on how a person is viewed as compassionate or, you know, selfish. And that becomes a huge barrier or a huge thing because God will give you so much, but then he will break it down because you haven't done what he said do. You're becoming selfish. And then when you see your brother or your sister prospering, you don't know what they had to go through in their seasons to win and, and do what God says do. You don't know what the gains they have to go through and the pitfalls and the hurdles and the hurts and the pains. You don't know. So you need to run your own race. I would honestly sit there when I was little and I would look at certain people and I'm like, God, they're so powerful. God, you know, how can I be like that? But later on, as I'm growing up, I'm learning and realizing that this person has some huge hurdles that they needed to climb. They had some huge, you know, disappointments. And, you know, some of them have been physically and mentally abused. And they've had some personal and also some private moments that were in the public. And people will ridicule you and shame you because they weren't like you. Or having to have the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, that was more like they're selfish. Some of them would call people just to see what they're doing and just to be able to talk bad about them. Or if they find their weaknesses, they want to come out and they want to bring it out for display. And thinking they're the good guy, but actually they're the bad person. This is what selfishness goes into. This is what egocentric and also narcissistic people go through. They will cause you to become the villain and which you are the victim at the same time. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Selfishness causes you to have a drift or having you to be pulled apart from people whom you love or even from friends and colleagues because they will sit there and honestly, they will put themselves before you or in some situations, even use you for their gain and then discard you from what's going on from the situation later on. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. People will put you in situations and say that it was you all along when actually in reality, it was them. But because they put your name out there, they would like to be able to put you out there first to taint you, to ridicule you, and then come back and say, oh, I didn't do anything. Oh, y'all, come on now. Come on now. And that's why a lot of what Haggai was talking about 
is that it's very important that when we hear from God and God is speaking, we need to listen to his instructions. It is very important that we, as the body of Christ, we have the message. We give it out to the people the way that God has already spoken it. Not to appease ourselves, but to do what God has already told us to do. And do it in a time such as this. Do you understand the true prophets and the true ministers of God have yet to? Some of them have already came out, but some of them are still asleep. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Some people are believing God for cards, money, everything else, but not for the truth, not for the word of God, not, not to speak everything that we need to speak in this time, in this hour. We need to be able to be the people of God in this time, in this hour. We need to be the true prophets, pastors, evangelists, preachers, teachers. We need to be. And when you notice and when you know there's a false person, oh, we're going to talk not bad, but sit there and honestly know and pray for them. Yes, pastor, such and such is not right, but pray for them. Yes, such and such is not right. And no, you don't have to vocalize it all the time, but you need to go before the throne. And tell them, tell God, not them, but I mean when I say them, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's what I mean. And when people ask you, you say, God, reveal it to them how this person is, how they are. Reveal it. You don't have to gossip. God knows what's going on. Reveal it, Lord. Reveal the intent of the person and the content of the person. See, we can pray for everyone, but if you don't have that compassion, that understanding, that discernment, you are just as selfish as the day is long. God is not going to be able to be in it. How do I know? Is this Galatians 5 and 26. Let's go up to the 24th chapter. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Come on now. With the affections and lust. That means being able to have your body, the members of your body, your mind, and your heart aligned to God. And whatever you used to have as an appetite, as far as your body and your mind has been subjected to God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Your body and your mind and your thoughts are subjected to God. And the 25th verse, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Come on now. 26th verse, let us not be diarists of vain glory. Come on now. We should not desire vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. I don't envy my brothers or my sisters because you don't know what they had to go through just to be able to get their mantle, just to be able to see God in their glory. So stop sitting there and saying that their, their situation or their way of life, it is not blessed by God. Come on now. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes their anointing, their appointing is from God. And if I would honestly tell you, my suggestion, don't even lay your hands, don't even think about it, don't even talk about it. 
Because when you do, you don't know who's anointed and appointed of God. Have that discernment. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I tell people all the time, now more than ever, please, with everything that's in you, the discussions that you have for people and places and things going on, please go to God first before you open up your mouth. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. People need to start realizing that God is so good, that he protects his own, that do you not understand that God is getting more and more, he's bringing more judgment. He's bringing more understanding. I mean, it is so much immediately, immediately now. Time is winding up. I don't have time to be able to talk about such and such and such and such. But I have time to sit there and say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins and let me be able to straighten myself out. And also let me help my brothers and my sisters. When I know they're down and out, go and call them and encourage them. Don't you know that even if you're volunteering in your community, yes, I said it, volunteer in your community. Don't you know you're making a whole lot of, you know, work, wild work, decisions, you are making those decisions by helping those, helping people. Stop sitting up here and thinking, oh, this, this journey is just for me. No, it's for everybody. Everybody that you touch, everybody that you have that influence in or that decision in your life, everybody is counted. Everybody. There is no one that is not in my life that I have an influence or they influence me, either bad or good. Don't you know? You still got to go through it. You still got to be able to hold your head up high. You still got to be able to sit there and smile in their face, knowing all good and well that someone has stabbed you in the back. And possibly they could be them. But you know what? You still treat them the way that God would want to treat them. And the way Jesus treats them. So much so that it heaps coals of fire on them. And it, and it, it, they can't contain it. That's in the word. That's why a lot of the times I would honestly sit there and say, to be selfish, I don't, I cannot imagine how hard it is for some of the Christians that are coming up now in this world, they see so much and then they go into the churches and they start seeing the same things. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's truly hard for me to hear when someone says, you know, pastor, I go to this church, but it's the same as it is in the world. And I would honestly sit there and tell you, pray about it. Let God be able, not just pray about it, meditate on God's word. And also at the same time, God gives you to not just, it's not even just the wisdom of Solomon that I, that God gives you, but also he gives you discernment. He also, he helps you to grow differently. You, you go into different terrain, you go into different environment, jungles and deserts and everything else. And you are so different than anyone else in the church. That God is sitting here and sometimes he would honestly say, and sometimes, not sometimes, but always he would say, in some cases, you know, my child, you know, my beloved, whatever he calls you, 
I need you to move. What, wait a minute, what are, you, what are you talking about? Pastor, look, when God tells you it's time for you to go out of that church, go. Why are you not moving? Why are you being halted? Why are you being heavy on your feet placement? Well, that's where I was ordained, okay? No, first and foremost, you were ordained in the heavens before you came down here into your mother's womb. That's one. And two, yes, you have been able to be ordained in the ministry on your in your paperwork, but God ordained you already and appointed you already. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. If you don't move and God has told you to move, oh, you can get in so much trouble. You can be hurt, maimed, anything. All the blessings that you get from God can be halted. You can stop being able to have those that covering, that remnant that you have over your life. That can be able to stop all the process what God is giving you. So why won't you go ahead and be obedient? What do you mean, Pastor? When God tells you to go, go to this location and he give and he says, you know, talk to this person, and this person may just want someone to talk to. It's not always finances. Sometimes God puts you in places so that you can be able to hear someone's demise or hear something that's going on. Demise meaning sometimes having them to alter their end. Having them to feel as though they are going through some things. But guess what? Give that encouragement what they need at that time because you never know what you're going to pour into them. And then God is going to be able to let it grow. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand that even as a pastor, I cannot for the life of me as I'm entering a stage of where God is sitting here and talking a whole lot. That sometimes we can be placed into situations and different places that God wants you just to speak. And whether it is trying to go to the restroom or in a restaurant or in a public place or just simply at home, just being able to read your word and sometimes pouring into your husband or to your children. It is something profound. We cannot be selfish. We can't not withheld what God has already already spoken because we will be liable and then God will get on us. So I had an instance where a young lady was and I was going to the restroom and she wanted just to, I saw how her face was and I said, I hope you have a good day. And she said, you know, I'm a little bit heavy and I, I, I didn't know what that meant at first when she said it. And then she says, well, you know, I'm about to, you know, transition out of the military. So I'm so used to the pockets and becoming so grounded, as she thought, or heavy. And I told her from what God told me to tell her. And she said, I hope I said, no, I'm praying for you that God will help you with this transition. And it's not easy. Trust me, you're going from an environment that you used to be comfortable in to the unknown. And God is telling you to trust him. Now, I'm going to say it like this. So many people want to not self-analyze themselves and say, you know, that's that person or that person. No, it's usually you. And you need to be able to address that. 
You need to be able to sit there and say, well, God, you know what? It's me. If it's me, then you need to show me. And that's powerful. It's powerful for you to admit and say, you know what, God? I am a human being, but you, I am a spiritual being at the same time. First, I was spiritual. Now I am in the natural. Now I need some understanding and some wisdom on how you want to address these things in my life. Should I throw it away? Should I honestly be with this person as a friend or a colleague? Or should I marry this person? How should I address my children? It's a multitude of things that we should be able to address in the body of Christ. Stop sitting up here and thinking that it's just you. It's not. It's never been me. It hasn't been me in a long time. And I'm happy about that. What do you mean, Pastor? It hasn't been me the whole entire time that I started. Uh, it is written by Afrocentric Prophet. It, it is mostly God and my life, you know, just telling you a little bit of what I had to go through. And yes, I was, you know, raised partially by a person, you know, a parent that was selfish. So selfish that they expect it for themselves first and not for their children first. So much so that, you know, it becomes more apparent that you start seeing patterns in people and it hurts you. And then at the same time, God is sitting here and saying, even from the bad to the good, God is sitting here and saying, you know what? I'm so grateful that you are solely different than what you thought you were going to be. I am so happy that I, I'm not where I used to be. And I am so grateful that I am a different person because of who God is in my life. And I cannot express it enough. Being selfish is so hard. It's so brutal. How could you sit there and look at someone? Knowing they need, even if it's just an encouraging world, it's not always finances. And also at the same time, let me say this too, because God just put that in my spirit. Some people are takers and not givers. And at the same time, when God tells you, your, let your no be no and your yes be yes, do that. Now, am I suggesting that you give until you're out? No. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that let God lead you and guide you into all truths, whether it is to help a friend now or to just simply be on the phone. There are certain times where I am super busy. But if someone calls me that I know that needs me, that they really do need me, I will pause because guess what? I value them in my life. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. If someone does not pause and evaluate and really evaluate how good the relationship is for you and they want to pause every time to see about you and everything else when you call, because they know usually if you call, it's immediate. It's something that is dire. That's a good friend. That's a good family. That's a good husband. That's a good child. That, that's a good good wife that's a good colleague friend or also just simply put god he is the main source for us being not selfish 
And you never know. Sometimes you can give your last. Hmm. Oh my God. And I'm witness to this. You can give your last to someone because God said so. And because you were obedient. God will give you back what he's what you've given out. And it comes back to you tenfold. So what I'm telling you is that when God and you listen to him and you do what he says do. And he gives it back to you whether it's finances whether it's wisdom whether it's acknowledgement whatever god gives you and he gives it back to you tenfold know that without a shadow of a doubt god is going to be able to take care of you when when the bills are due when the children are acting up when the husband or wife is not in a good relationship and y'all are it's it's tumultuous it's it's hard it's tense don't you know god still works in chaos and then he'll sit there and while he's working, he gives you peace. I don't know who this is for. This ain't even in my notes. But God gives you peace. Because you were compassionate, because you were empathetic, because you were sympathetic, because you were there for these people, God is going to be there for you. And then give you what you need when you need it on time. He does not fail. And it says in James 3 and 16, for where, let me go back. Let me go. Let me go up to the 14th verse. But if ye have bittered envy and striving in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Come on now. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Verse 16, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Do you understand that when someone is selfish, you are so diverse in your heart, in your mind, in your way that you perceive your behavior, your way of thinking, you are honestly putting yourself before the Almighty. And then at the same time, too, you're putting yourself before the people that love you. You, you are so thinking that you have to deserve so much, but God is sitting here and telling you, you deserve nothing. Oh, come on now. This is just like us. We deserve death. We don't deserve the good things that God has given us. We are as filthy rags. That is what the word says. But because of how the selfishness comes in, it permeates in your mind. And it becomes a part of you and your identity. It's not just a problem. People associate it with the problem, but also it's the person. It becomes a part of your character. It becomes of who you are and whom you are. And see, when you're of God, you're more of a character of love and kindness and peace and long suffering and full of mercy. And that's down in 17 verse. But at the same time, don't you get it? Every time you're selfish, God can't speak to you and you can't speak to God because of your mindset, your heart posture. 
the way that you're thinking, the elevation you are going. Do you understand that so many, and I, and I said this before, the Satan will trap people into their selfishness because they want to be so popular and they want to be this and that. And then that's how you are able to go into the kingdom of Shiloh. So many people think that's that's wisdom from God if it's selfish and you're doing this. No, no, no. That is so much Satan. That is so much the enemy's plot and plan for you. And let me say this. When people, when you start getting a whole lot more elevation than most people that know you, that doesn't mean that God has been able to bless them with that elevation. Now, sometimes God will bless other people to be able to be in that situation, be in that environment and have the riches because they were able to go through what God wanted them to go through. They've been able to stand the course and be faithful to God. Now, I'm going to say this. We have Joseph of the Millie Colors. He was able to go and become the heart and the mind and the suffering and, and the distinction of, you know, having to be accused of having sex with, you know, somebody that was not and that was his owner's wife. And she twisted it around and he began to get in prison. Potiphar's wife did that. And later on, it came out that he wasn't doing that. He, he had shown more compassion and more understanding towards his master. And he said, I'm not going to, you know, forfeit what I've been given here just because you want pleasure. Because you want me. No. My whole entire mindset after when I read that is like, I don't want a chance being in this world. And if it so be it that I'm just pastor and prophet and I stay the way that God needs for me to stay, then so be it. But if God sits there and says, I need you to step out and I need to be seen and I need you to be heard around the globe and internationally, so be it. Because I want to keep the mindset that, God, you've given me this platform to be able to do what you told me to do no matter what's going on in my life, no matter who says what, and don't you know this is anointed and appointed of God and not the enemy? The reason why I say that is because the enemy has been able to try to come and knock me down so many times. Whether it's friends or colleagues or sometimes family members. Whether it is someone that has became jealous or envious of me. Or simply put because they do not understand my calling. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, misunderstandings and abuse and talking and all this other stuff, people can get the miscommunication and all of these different things because God did not give it to them. God gave me my words. God gave me my calling. And God gave it to me for this reason and this purpose. God is the main source and reason for everything I do. And you do not have to go and be at someone else's pace. God gives you your own pace. 
And at the same exact time, and I'm talking about some of these pastors, when God comes in and he shows himself in your in, 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 in the people that are in your congregation, let them go and live the way that God needs for them to live. You can anoint them, but God has already anointed them and appointed them. You just gave them the paperwork. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do not stifle, stagnate people in the church because you see the anointing. Congratulate them and also make sure that they have your full support. Never think that you are higher than them. And, you know, God wants you to stay so humble. And yet we want to sit here and be selfish. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. I have learned that being selfish does not get you anywhere. It gets you lonely, depressed and angry and upset because people will sit there. And wonder and scratch their heads and see that, you know, God has prepared a table in front of you. The ones that have been talking and doing all of this. And you start seeing the person coming up and start seeing the person doing more and start seeing the person elevated and start seeing the person doing God's will. And, you know, they start talking. Who do she think she is? And why do you think? Because they went through in God's name. Don't add on to it. Don't add on to their hurt, their pain that they have to go through because of you. That's selfish. You need to be able to say, you know what? Congratulations. I hope that God is blessing you in every avenue of your life. Don't get mad and upset when it's not you. God, you don't know. I thank you, Lord. I, you don't know what people have to go through in their seasons just to get to where they're at right now. You don't know that I had to go through so many different things in my life just to get to where I'm at right now. Maybe later on, God will let me be able to tell my story. But until then, I'm humble enough to know where I'm going to be in God. And that is all worthwhile in God. Amen. Now, I'm going to say this also too. Please don't let your children grow up with this mentality. It's a dangerous situation when your children grow up like this. Do you understand that a lot of the times that we as parents want to teach our children the right way, but yet and still, when the children are about to be grown and gone, and some of us, some of us don't want to do what God says do. So you impress that on your children. Some of us are impressing our children to go to church, but not live the life that God has already ordained them to be in. Come on now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We as parents, yes, you introduce them to the church, but you have to also introduce them to talking to God, have prayer time in their lives, have the anointing in their lives. Bible study is very important. Bible in the year, my children, and I'll be honest with you, my children go off in Bible in the year. Sometimes it's comical because they see how God in their prayer view is very snatching of someone's soul <laughs> as some of them say and what do you mean pastor god snatches people up and he makes them aware of what they've been doing how they've been doing it and what was the purpose of them doing it 
and my children see that. And then they're like, man, mama, these these uh Israelites or whoever else was there, they so wrong, they so foul, so disrespectful. And I'm like, yes, and that's how sometimes we are. We can be foul and disrespectful to God because we want it our way or the highway. And nine times out of ten, don't you know, when you do it God's way, oh my God. You don't have to go through so many bumps and bruises and so many different things going on the way down. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I remember when I was maybe seven or eight and I was climbing this big old huge pecan tree. Okay, because we had it in the back. And the best pecans were the ones at the top because they got the most sun. Sometimes, you know, the bugs will get into the ones in the middle and you would get the, you would open them and the pecans would be already just, you know, hollow and, or either, you know, some of them would already be like dried out and you can't, you can't eat it. Okay. And in the South, they would have it, you know, have, you know, we, we had, um, trees that had fruit on them, like peaches, um, grapes, pecans plums uh pears so the pecan tree is the biggest one we had so i was asking myself i was you know psyching myself up one day to go climb it and i did you know even though my grandmother had told me not to and i got up to maybe like the 12 branch and i don't know what happened <laughs> Call it disobedience or call it also a hard head that runs in my family. But man, as soon as I got on that branch, that branch seems like it would, you know, hold my weight. And I really didn't weigh a lot, but it seemed like my footing was assured and everything going up. But lo and behold, when I got up there and I was picking and shaking the, the branches and stuff, and I got a lot of them, the majority of them that I thought I needed, but I wanted to go up higher. So I did. And I, when I went up that high to another branch, maybe the 12th one, I thought, you know, okay, this is just like the, the last branches, you know, after you've done it for like a couple of times, okay, you got comfortable with it. And that's how sometimes selfishness is. You get comfortable in it. You really don't think about anybody else but yourself. All right. So as I was ascending, all right, and I was on, you know, this little branch, I thought, okay, this branch is good. You know, I tested it out a little bit, bounced it out. You know, it was bouncy. And then lo and behold, I bounced too much and I slipped and I went all the way down. I was hitting some major branches. I Let me tell you, when I got down to the bottom, I said I was out. And my grandmother and my grandfather, you know, I can hear my cousins, you know, screaming and hollering. And it's all oh, that tan died. And, you know, this she, she hurt herself. You got to come out, you know, big mom, big daddy. And my grandfather, he was like, what? And he was running. Tan was, you know, just tan, tan. And I can hear him. But I couldn't I couldn't respond to him because I was out. That's how selfish it is. It gets you in a room where you're so comfortable with all the sins that you are doing that you don't want to repent. 
that that it just becomes a, a familiarity to it. Such as some of these spirits that's running around in the church. All let's talk about it. You get in that state of not, you hear it, but you really don't hear God. You get in the state of, you know, I, I just want to give me, give me, give me is mine is mine. But you never sit there and say, thank you, Lord, for one more day. Thank you, God, for blessing me and keeping me. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for me. Lord, please forgive me of my sins on today. Lord, I'm asking you for your help today because I don't know which way to go, what questions I need to answer and what vital information, decisions I need to make. Lord, I'm asking you to help me to make those decisions. But let's go back. So while I'm on the ground, <laughs> um, really knocked out and bloody, you know, they got me in the house and... I had um, pretty much, they were cleaning me up and my grandmother was, and they were trying to wait on the ambulance. My grandmother said, no, I'm, um, we're going to take care of ourselves. So she, they took us in the car, you know, took me in the, in the truck, got there and, you know, got me, got my wounds, you know, and I was able to be patched up and, you know, I woke up and, you know, I woke up to big mom, big daddy crying and, you know, making sure I'm okay to immediately. <laughs> Grandma, big mama just snapped. She said, what were you thinking? Didn't I tell you that girls don't climb trees that high? That you got to be proper and you got to be respectful. I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but she knew already that I was going to do it because I have, I had like, Seven or eight, almost nine of older cousins and all boys. Okay. The 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 cousin I had next to me, she was already the girl cousin. Um, she was already living mostly with her. She would come in the summertime, but not a lot. So she was with her parents mostly. And then the next one was already a baby still in diapers. So when I saw the boys doing things, I wanted to do it too. If they were climbing trees, I did that too. If they got in a fight, I got I got in a fight too. You know, I was emulating and I was seeing what the boys were doing because I didn't want to miss out. Doesn't this sound like us today? We don't want to miss out on nothing because we thinking, you know, God, you know, I can go and I can do this in the world and, I, and I'll be back. You know, trust me, I'll be back. But God is sitting there and he's honestly opening up his heart and his mind. and He has his, his arm stretched out wide to you and telling you, you have to choose. Time is coming short now. Time is so, so short. We have to choose in the body of Christ to do what God says do. And honestly, in the back of my head, I knew that <laughs> it was a bad decision. But you know what? When I got healed up, I was running around like everybody else. Did I get in more trouble? Yes, I did. But did I climb that tree again? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I learned my lesson the first time. That was a hard lesson to learn. But I learned it. And honestly, when you have those type of lessons, you need to learn those too. 
the good, the bad, the ugly, and sometimes the downright disrespectful. I say that God is savage because he honestly, he wants the truth in us and he wants the realness and the rawness. But he doesn't, he, he's not going to let us miss out on life. We have a whole lot to enjoy that can, and we can do it in holiness. We, we can do it in honesty and in trust. Don't be selfish with your time. Don't be selfish, you know, and that's what a lot of times people don't understand. Time is very precious to me. With everything that's going on in my life, time is precious. Don't waste no one else's time. Don't waste God's time. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. God is not on our time schedule, but don't waste it being out there in the world when God has already called you to come home out of the cold. Do what God says do. And if you do not know him today, you are in a perfect opportunity to get to know God, to get to know his son, to get to know what it is that so many people are lacking, that so many people are hurting for, that so many minds and hearts really do need. See, you can have fortune and you can have fame, but if you don't have God, you don't have Jesus and you don't have the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, it is working you to nothing. You can't take in that money with you. You can't even take any of it with you. you when you came into this world, you had nothing and you're going to leave out the same way. But the thing of it is, is that we came in this world, not with material things, but spiritual things. God and the acknowledgement of who God is. Now, in order for you to know who God is on today, go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and shalt believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do it today. And I will say the 11th verse for the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed shall not be ashamed. When the church is becoming so much like the world, please understand Christ is coming near. You have false prophets, you have false teachers, you have a whole lot of false. Please be the one that is truth. Please be the one that acknowledge who God is. Please know who God is on today. He does not rest. Go to him now. Pray to him now. Tell him that you want to ask for a genuine forgiveness of everything you've done. No matter what you've done, God still will forgive you and call you back home. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, please follow me and subscribe. If you can find me, <laughs> you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music and Audible, Spotify and Stitcher iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podcaster, and other major platforms. Also to include my YouTube account where you can hear my Bible studies and also my lasting conversations with my friends and colleagues once again on YouTube. 
it is very, very important that we get to hear the word of God in its pure form. And sometimes it's different perspectives of, or different perspectives as far as what God is saying in the church today, as opposed to what was going on in the Bible. But it is the same word. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We have it, so many translations, but God still wants us to be able to know his word. Amen. And also, like I said, if this show is very good or pleasing, or even if you just have an opinion, leave a five-star rating. That will help me in reaching more people. And if you have any questions, comments, please, you can find me on Facebook at, and it's written by Latanya Uyola. My name is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And also, once again, please go to my podcast. It is written by Afrocentric Prophet. Once again, also, I am also on YouTube. Please leave your questions and comments. They help me to understand and to know if I'm being effective in what I'm saying to you. And also, I'm getting it from God. I am not trying to be here renditioning, trying to repeat anything else. But I'm trying to be able to put in the effort, the research and the work that God needs for me to have this platform to be able to get the word out to everyone around the world. And I thank you so much for listening today. For the ones who started out with me, Kanon Samita. For the ones who have just started, Kanon Samita. And for the people that's been supporting me, that's been helping me to grow and learn in this word of God, I really do appreciate my husband, Kimo Uyola, and my children, Lavandria, Minuet, and Saomi Uyola. I am so grateful to all my friends and my colleagues that have been able to support me and help me understand a whole lot of what is going on in today's church and how we can be able to go back to the way that church used to be in God. Not to be able to sit here and be so as the world, but do what God says do so that the people can come in. So that they can be able to be saved, anointed and appointed and go back out to save someone else. And be in different places from the United States and the White House to the Blue House here in South Korea and internationally. Or just to be able to make those differences in their children in their own home to on their workplace and also in diverse, I mean, as a lawyer in the courtroom or just being a lawyer or also as a judge, these different places, we need people that are of God and God mindset and not just saying that you're a Christian, but no, have it and you're living it. That's the most important part. Amen. Thank you so much for everything. Kanon samida. Annyeong.